Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's WGC Dell Technologies Match Play. Uh, Greg, I was so confused there. I almost forgot to call it a podcast because I was just <laughs> at the fans. I was just reading the comments of the fans just getting ready to obliterate us thanks to their uh, I mean, very nice Scotty Scheffler selection. They, they've just been waiting. We were talking about just before we came on. I mean, they're, they're chatting at us at 6.30, a half hour before it starts, just waiting to let us have it. And we deserve it. We deserve it. That's Greg Ducharme. Kyle Porter is here. KP, I was so flustered out of the gate because I'm just I'm just nervous about what the chat has for us this evening. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a good scene. It's gonna be <clears throat> tough for for me to handle probably most of all. It, it, it's you know it's funny because I thought so I picked Zalatoris to win this week and all week I thought that I had him in one and done. Also, I don't know if you guys ever do that. I I thought the guy who I picked I also had in one and done. And so I'm like living and dying with every Zalatoris shot on Saturday. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I, I have Shane Lowry. He was out like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so not only am I, did I get passed, but I'm also an idiot. And maybe that's why I got passed. So here we are. Here we are. And we had ourselves quite a day. We played down to uh, the champion from the final four and when the dust settled, Greg, it was Scotty Scheffler who not only reigned supreme, but took away the crown of the number one golfer in the world from John Rahm. He did that by beating uh, Dustin Johnson in the morning three and one and then uh, defeating Kevin Kisner in the finals. It's a pretty good. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty harsh road he had to get through. Yes. I mean, his group was brutal. He yeah. takes down takes down a the buzz uh, Ian Poulter in the first match again, like he did last year. Um, Fleetwood actually beats him. Then Fitzpatrick, who has been playing phenomenal golf. I mean, we talked about earlier in the week. He he's first on tour and strokes gained total. And so he beat, he handles him and then has to go in what a six or seven hole playoff against him six, to yeah. advance six hole playoff to advance. And then you get Horschel, who's the defending champion who was looking, who's been playing great. Um, Seamus power was on paper a little bit softer and then DJ and, and Kevin Kisner, who just owns this place. It, that's a, it's a really tough road. I'm not sure you can get an easy road in this tournament, but that was, uh, specifically tough. And I think for me personally, it's why I kind of stayed away from him because his group was so hard coming in. I was worried Fitzpatrick would, would clip him. And it, I mean, it almost happened. He went in a playoff, so it's not like he wiped the floor in that group. It just, um, it scared me. It scared me away from picking them. And here we are. 
you you can get an easy path. Nothing against Corey Connors uh, get winning the the consolation bracket, but he gets a free win from Paul Casey faces Takumi Kanaya in the Sweet 16. Abraham answer uh, before falling to to Kiz in the in the final four there, and then he gets in Fair. fairly uninterested Dustin Johnson in the no, third not DJ. <laughs> I guess it, it's a relatively easy path. It, it's relatively speaking, but it, but even still, Rick, I mean, you can. You can run into a situation where Takumi Kanaya makes six birdies, so that, that's pos- that's possible, and th- everybody in this field is capable of that, which is the challenge. And I, I think that's why it's so hard to predict outcomes, um, and it's so impressive when when somebody like Scotty plays the way he did all week long. Yeah, all week long, all day long on Sunday, KP. He's just barnstorming DJ out of the gate in the final four. It got hairy for a bit, but he was able to close it out. And then in the finals against Kevin Kisner, he hit kind of one wonky shot where he chipped it directly into the bunker in front of him. And then he just holed out from there to make up for it. Scotty Scheffler uh, seemingly on an all-time heater at the moment. Well, there, and I, I just got in writing about the the – the matches and there wasn't even really any moments to like, like usually when, when stuff happens, when, when an event happens, you describe like last week burns getting uh, up and down on 17 uh, or making the putt in the playoff or whatever. There wasn't even anything to describe with Scheffler because he led for 32 of the 33 holes on Sunday. And so you're like, well, <laughs> he made a bunch of birdie. Like there, there wasn't like one moment that stood out, but he was emblematic of his whole week. He finished, I think, fifth in the field in strokes gain, tee to green per round. You got to, you got to do it per round because everybody plays a different amount of rounds. But he was really good from tee to green. And then, I, I mean, looking back, once he got past Fitzpatrick in that playoff that Greg mentioned, the six hole playoff, he he. Uh, I think he played 68 holes on the weekend and he trailed for like five of them. So 68 holes over four matches and he was either tied or led for like 63 or 64 of them, which is just, I mean, it's kind of remarkable. And I think Scheffler's so, I was just texting with somebody about this. He's so like unassuming. And I mean, obviously he's great. We came into the year talking about like, he needs to win because he's so good and he needs the wins to kind of um, not validate, but like for people to realize how good he actually is, at least statistically and and how good he's been. But he's just, he's kind of unassuming. He's not somebody that you get into a match play situation with and you're like, I'm terrified of Scheffler. But when he leads for like, or is tied for 63 of 68 holes, maybe you should be, especially the way he's been playing at Austin country club. Third yeah. victory of the season, Greg. Third victory of the season. Third victory in his last five starts. So add this one to the WM Phoenix Open, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which, by the way, those are two stout fields. The strength yeah. fields in both of those are ridiculous. And thanks to this run, and not just this run, because we can pull up uh, the, the, re- the results here from major championships and stuff like that. Thanks to this run, Scotty Scheffler is going to jump from the number five player in the world to the number one player in the world, uh, seemingly out of nowhere. There were so many situations over the course of the last couple of weeks and months where it was Morikawa could get there, Victor could get there, uh, you know, so-and-so could get there. Uh, Cantley had a chance to get there at the Players' Championship. Now Scotty Scheffler is the new king of golf. Yes, and it, it's so interesting. The, the way that you get there, we talked about it a little bit last night, Rick, where he, he just kind of ran through the door. 
And there wasn't a long period of time. There wasn't a lot of anticipation of, oh, Scotty Scheffler has a chance to be world number one. Yeah. And so it's not on the forefront of his mind. And all of a sudden, he's concentrated on the things that have gotten him there. And they're they're so fresh and relevant and working and he's playing well. He's riding the heater. And all of a sudden, he, he he's going to wake up tomorrow and be world number one. It, there wasn't the anticipation. And if if he hadn't done it in next week or the, at the Masters, he has a chance to be world number one. And then the week after that, there's a chance to be world number one. The, the longer that stretch goes, the more difficult it gets, the, the, um, the higher the pressure rises. And I think that's what Hovland and Morikawa faced a little bit. Um, although, I mean, those are pretty, pretty recent too. But look, this is... Um, the world number one conversation is fascinating. And I'd love to get Kyle's thoughts on it because he's, he's not a guy that you picture as, Oh, he'll be world number one one day. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be yeah. great, but is he going to be the best in the world one day? Well, that, let's look back real quick, Jacob, to that, to that, uh, the youngest one here. Cause KP, let me point this out for people who are, who are not watching on YouTube, yeah. youngest players to reach number one in the official world golf rankings, uh, Scotty Scheffler, the sixth youngest to do it. The only guys who have done it, uh, in that 25 year or, or earlier, uh, some pretty big names, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, John Robb. Now Scotty Scheffler adds his name to that list. I mean, and this is what I was texting with my friend about who who kind of covered him in junior golf. I was like, hey, was this was this his trajectory? Because I remember uh, Sheffer playing in, I think it was Aaron Hills, the 2017 US Open at Aaron Hills. And you're like, oh, it was a cool story, like good good college player. And the guy that, that I was texting that covered him was like, no, this was not, like he's good. I mean, obviously, he's always been good, but not, like, and, and this is kind of my point, is the names on this list are like, you kind of knew from from when they were 15 or 18 or 20 or whatever like hey that's a that's a world number one right i mean obviously tiger but rory was is in that rom i mean f- how many times has phil talked about hey that's a world number one like you, you just you get categorized as that type of guy and i've literally never heard anybody say that about scotty scheffler right until like yesterday hey he's gonna be he's he's a world number one type player well where was that the last three or four years and so i think that and and part of the emotion that you saw from him i think was just like it's pretty overwhelming to be one of the 25 guys that have. i mean there's only been nine americans that have ever been ranked number one in the world yeah and it was cool to see that emotion not only from him but from like his dad and and his family at the event i just i I wonder, like, have we been underrating Scotty Scheffler's ceiling? Because I look at the ceilings on this list, maybe Martin Keimer aside, and you're like, those are really, really high ceilings. Or is he a little bit of an outlier that things kind of came together at the right time and he became world number one, but he, but the, he, he doesn't really have the same type of ceiling as everybody else on this list. Yeah. Jacob hit us with that wiki page again, my apologies, because I think the conversation, there you go. So this is uh Scotty Scheffler's results at major championships. And Greg, I think the, the underlying story that a lot of people who aren't really paying attention or who I, I don't know, are going to say that, how can a guy win three times in five starts? Just this, this quick, little heater and be the number one player in the world is there a flaw is there an issue with our ranking system but there's a couple of things and I've I've written about this before I've talked about this before Scotty's best results are in these huge strength of field events where he gets massive points and we're looking at his wiki page here Greg I mean that is 
what four top tens in major championships in his last six major starts? And six yeah, twenties. Say, yeah. say again, Kyle. And all six are top twenties. Oh, all six are top twenties. Yes. Right. And and it's it's not even it goes even beyond just the majors. Uh, it, it's the WGCs. I mean, he he just won one, but even last year, second in the match play, fifth in the um, fifth at the concession. He's yeah. Con- I mean, it, it's constant. Third at the Memorial last year, right? These are these are the biggest events. Fourteenth at the WGC. I'm just scrolling through now, and all of the really low numbers next to his name are big events. And he has a way of stepping up for these big events in a way that is um, is pretty cool. And what I've noticed with him in this last uh, six weeks or so is the things that I thought would hold him back. Like the the does he have the killer instinct, if you will? That's the buzzword everybody uses. Does he have the killer instinct to win? And when the guy hasn't won, it looks like his his way, his style may be holding him back. But now that he's won three of his last five starts, those things suddenly look, uh, they look like great assets and great attributes. And that unassuming way that he carries himself keeps him, uh, it keeps him calm. And from a guy that I always thought would kind of fade at the end of tournaments and, and would fatigue, even though he put himself there, which is great. He'd, he'd fade. It seems like now all of a sudden he is getting this energy down the stretch. And where the the putting was good until the end, now the putting gets better at the end. And those eight foot putts that he might miss that could really throw the momentum, he he makes. And when the confidence, when like sixteen is a great example, he is bleeding to Dustin Johnson. He he yeah. is losing, and it's panic time. I, I'm I can't believe I'm going to lose a five shot a five up lead. I can't believe this is happening to me. I he doesn't do that. He just flags it at 16 like it's nothing because he's he stays calm and it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful to watch. And um, it, my perception has changed dramatically from, a, you know, from analyzing the way that he performs under pressure. It's it's changed seemingly overnight, which is really cool. Well, it, two observations here that kind of work against him a little bit, I think, in this conversation uh, one, his swing is not like you don't watch his swing and you're like, Hey, world number one right there. Right. Like you don't, yeah. you, don't you don't watch it and think like more JT Rory, whatever. And then the other thing, and this gets joked about a lot, but like, he doesn't look like cool. Right. He, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't exude like swag. I mean, he, he dresses like he's like my age, you know, like f- almost 40, he looks like he's almost four. So, it, it, and that sounds ridiculous, but I think it, I think it factors in a little bit to like when we talk about best players under twenty five. I forget that he's that he's twenty five all all the time because he looks like he's he's not, you know. And I I think that I think that's an interesting part of it. I'll, I'll tell you when it started flipping for me, Greg. And I I jokingly tweeted about this when I was at the Ryder Cup. I was following Bra- his match with Rom, and I said, "Hey, I can confirm that the most." Uh, that the the match between the best player in the world and John Rahm is very electric, and right. I'm kidding, but also like he kind of went at Rahm in a way that you're like, wait a second, like I know, like like I think because he hadn't won, he felt like one of those like s- like statistical heroes where you're like, but look at his stats, and you're like, yeah, but does does he win? Like does he like go and like get it done? 
And Rom was so Herculean that week that when that when Scheffler like went at him and just lit him up, you're like, wow, like this is this is not this is maybe not who I thought he was based on his inability to win so far. And so I think maybe I didn't give it as much uh, credit at the time because Rom didn't play that well. But I think in retrospect, that was like that that for me feels like an inflection point of like, okay, this guy is maybe different than, than what I thought he was. And there's a really interesting thing about that match. What did he make four birdies in a row to start that match or something? I think so. Uh, it, it was a crazy start. And we were talking about his performance in big events. And this is where Scotty really does, aside from the cool factor, aside from his looks, he he is the modern golfer in a way that when tournaments get hard and courses get hard and fields get really good and you're thinking the strategy is to be a little more conservative. Um, you're, you know, par's a good score, that kind of attitude. And he doesn't, he completely washes that away. And he plays really aggressive and he makes a ton of birdies. And what we're starting to see is when, when the pressure rises, that aspect of his game gets better instead of, okay, well now all of a sudden I'm going to take, I'm going to change my course of action. Like we talk about it in him with him in DFS all the time, how many birdies and Eagles he makes. Yeah. And it's, it's from that aggressive style. And when the pressure is ramping up, what he's doing now is he's starting to make more of those. He's starting to take on shots even more, but he performs better under the pressure. And I think that's what he did against Rom. And now it's carried over he's, to regular tournament play. He's an underrated iron player too. I think you I think you watch him and you think like, oh, he's just really long and maybe he'll got, get hot with the putter every once in a while. But his strength, at least thus far professionally, has been iron play. Like he's he's really, really good. And, and I mean, he's not more Kawa good, but he I think he's underrated good with his irons and I mean you can't finish top 20 in six straight majors without being a really really good iron player at some of the places that that these major championships have gone to so I mean he's good I, everywhere I mean yeah, every he, aspect is good he is good and I think I don't know it's so interesting because it's so easy to be like it, it, because I think when you say he's good everywhere I can I start immediately comparing to like Xander and Cantlay and like take Scheffler against can against uh, Xander. I'm like, well, maybe Scheffler just just win. Maybe maybe he's just a he's just got like you know what it takes to win. I hate I hate that narrative, but like maybe that's a thing. I I don't know. But then you could turn around and you could make a legitimate argument that he that Scotty Scheffler won't win for the next three years just because of how much luck and randomness and everything that's involved in all of this. So it's just it's so hard to predict. I think for me on Sunday it was more like the celebration of somebody who genuinely seems like they love golf. And the, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but he hugged his dad afterward and his dad, his son just became the number one player in the world. And his dad said, I'm more proud of who you are than, than of your golf. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like this, how much do I want to root for this guy? You know, like yeah. it, it, I thought that was a really cool moment and just a really cool six weeks for Scotty Scheffler. The meteoric rise to the number one player in the world is hard to quantify, but Justin Ray has done it. So he notes that Scotty Scheffler reaches the world's number one just 42 days after his first PGA or DP World Tour victory. So 42 days. The shortest gap previously uh, between those two things all time is Tiger Woods. 252 days. The next shortest, David Duvall. 
532 days. So we are in uncharted territory with how quickly someone has gotten their first victory and become the number one player in the world. Uh, final thoughts on Scotty Scheffler before we move on to his opponent in the finals, Kevin Kisner. Uh, he's made $6.2 million in 42 days, which seems good. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a pool where it's like we do earnings and I do not have Scotty Scheffler and the guy who does is just running away from everybody. Right. Well, now. and the other thing about that is <laughs> money aside. I mean, what, what we should we need to erase these tapes. But all three of us, I think, coming into the year, we're like, man, Scheffler needs to win soon, <laughs> you know, like to 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 validate some stuff. And now it's like, all oh, right, <laughs> Scheffler wins a lot. Like he's won. Right. He's won three times in, I think, 70, 75 PGA Tour starts, which is a ton. Like, that is, what, 4.5%, something like that. That's a lot on the PGA Tour. So we went from, hey, Scheffler needs to win to, oh, he, he actually wins a lot of the time, which, you know, we have to talk about it, but it's it also goes to show, like, how quickly things can change. But that's why we talk about it. Last, lastly here, um, we we ask for these guys to do it because of this, because this is what this is the potential that is there. We want guys to reach their potential. And and when you do reach your potential, there's something beautiful that happens and, and we, we want to see it. So it, that is um, is very interesting to me. And if it, you know, this is what we root for for a Xander and a Cantlay. Well, maybe Cantlay not included, but a Xander, a Finau, a Fowler. We yeah. root for that uh, for this reason. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Scheffler defeated Kevin Kisner in the finals. Kevin Kisner is the match play god, apparently, KP. He is just unbelievable. Now, that final match uh, struggled a little bit. I had him at, I think, even par for 15 holes. He never led once to Scotty Scheffler. It was it was kind of an uphill battle over the last 15 holes, but uh, not to brush anything away from what Kevin Kisner has been able to accomplish at Austin country club and has been able to accomplish in this format because he is, uh, something special like in this. Yeah, he, he's awesome. And you know, I, I was interested in his comments on, I think it was Saturday night. Let me see if I can pull him up here. Uh, he was talking about, you know, I think that, I think it's easy to conflate, uh, a guy being good on a specific course with a guy being good at match play. And I think that Kisner is really good on this course because it's not 7,600 yards, right? It's 6,800, it's 6,900. And he's just, I, I've got the quote right here. He said, I think this course is great for match play. There's a lot of risk reward. I think they're, uh, he said, I don't feel like I'm behind the eight ball on the first tee from a distance standpoint. I haven't played a single person yet in five matches that hits it anywhere remotely close to the same distance as me. On the 11 tee, I tried to cut a six iron and, and Will Zalatoris hit a nine iron and flew it past me. In a lot of events, I'm dead in the water. I'm behind the A ball before I tee off. I love that I can work the ball, use the slopes, use the firmness of the fairways and the greens to help me. So I think it speaks to two things. I think it speaks to one, um, how good the, I think Kisner's success speaks to how good this course is for this format. And I think it speaks to like how much um, better or more fun it would be if, if, if more courses were kind of set up like this, instead of putting like, instead of disproportionately uh, rewarding distance. Right. And, 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 (laughs) 
it's hard because like then you started getting into like the distance debate and all these different things. But I I just yeah, I, I, I think this course was awesome and I think Kisner is awesome at it, but that doesn't necessarily translate to because people, whenever he plays here, it's like, oh, he's got to be on the Ryder Cup team. And and he literally said last night, if it's at Beth Page, I can't be on the team. I should not be on the team. I will not be on the team. He literally said that on Saturday night. And you're like, yeah, that makes total sense. It's such a different type of course and Greg can speak to this better than I can, but it's such a different type of course than one is normally played in Ryder Cups and President's Cups and two is normally played on the PGA Tour. And I think it, it I mean, he had some shots this week where he, he he used the slopes. Like there was one shot on Saturday where he, he I would have just hit it right at the pin and he hits it like 30 yards to the left, runs it up this bank and, and gets to eight feet and makes the putt. And you're like, this is awesome. Like that's what I want to watch in golf. And he did that a lot this week. I, I love the shot that he hit on 18 in um, who's that against Connors? Uh, uh, um, the one where he played it, he pitched it up hit long left and it got right up to the top of the slope and released back and, um, and clinched the match. It was, it was so cool. That creative aspect was really put on display, but I think Kyle, your points are really valid. I, I do think there are more golf courses on the PGA tour than, than people think that really fit his style. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a healthy amount, but that being said, this is exactly what we see in open championships mm-hmm. where wind becomes a big factor. Wind and slope in a way can, can play. They ask for similar things. They ask you to keep the ball on the ground, get the ball down, use the balls moving when it's on the ground. And so really accurate players have some success in that. And when you get on this kind of course, you're, you're not losing anything because you can't carry it over bunkers. You're, you're able to play. There's an option to play around bunkers and utilize the, the slopes, as you mentioned, to be creative. But in order to do that, you have to be able to hit the spot. And he hits the spot. He's really accurate. I mean, he's fourth on tour in driving accuracy this year. So the, those things um, were put on display this week. Uh, but along with his you know, fiery determination, which I think is underrated in this. Hey, I, I know I'm on a course that fits me, but I, I'm not going to lose. And you see that against uh, Adam Scott in that comeback. I'm not going to lose today. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll hold a bunker shot. I'll make a 30 footer. I'll, I'll uh, hit fairways and greens. I'll get a lead early and hit fairways and greens and close you out. I'll scramble. If I'm coming from behind, I'm going to fight like a dog to beat you. And that's, that's exactly what he did this week uh, until the very end. And so uh, I give him so much credit. He's so fun to watch in this event. Uh, Kisner's only top five at a major open championship. Yeah, make uh, that that would make sense. Twenty eighteen was what Carnusti, I think. Yeah. Francesca bouncing like bouncing like crazy. Yeah, Tiger Tiger led on the back nine. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. Oh, we're going to talk about Tiger. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. I also need to talk about the guys in the consolation match. That's Dustin Johnson. It's Corey Connors. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Corey Connors downs Dustin Johnson in the consolation match. They shouldn't call it the consolation match. They should call it the third place match. It's for third place. There's a lot of money online, a lot of FedEx Cup points on the line. And in doing so, KP, uh, today he became the first Canadian in tournament history to advance to the semifinals. He was striping it all over the yard for most of the week. He rolled in some timely putts, ran out of, of, of that little putter magic probably here on Sunday, but he is still going to earn a lot of money, a lot of points and a big time finish. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he did have, a, I felt like we, we mentioned this earlier, a little bit of an easier path. I mean, t- <laughs> when he played Takumi Kanaya on Saturday morning, at one point, uh, Takumi Kanaya had more putts than feet of putts made, which is not, okay. not good. I did not know that, but every time they showed him, he was missing a, like a three footer. And I was like, oh my God. Through eight holes, I looked this up. I, I just I happened to look it up at the exact right time because you there's there you can't tell like retro retroactively, right. but through eight holes, he had 18 putts and 17 feet of putts made. Oh boy, How, that's impossible, right? You would think, but uh, uh, that's really really difficult. So um, that means he was missing. So that means he was basically missing everything, tapping everything in from one foot. But he also had to have missed at least one really short one, right? Well, well he, no, he had some he, three he footers, right? And he could have lagged something to like six inches. Yeah, he could. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or you have a couple three putts in there too. That add that adds to your putt total. Yeah, I guess yeah, you're yeah, throwing the holes in there. If you're too. tapping in from right instead of one foot. If you're tapping in from two inches, it's like yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, not not good. Uh, the thing that stood out to me about Connors is, and this is an obvious observation, but like his tempo is just so good. I mean, I think that you you when you think of him, you think about that like off the tier with his long irons. But even I was watching him against DJ on Sunday, like his wedges are just it, the, the tempo and like how tight they were around those holes was just unbelievable. I mean, he, I don't know how he's putting this year, but just like he, he has to be the ultimate team. No putt guy, right? Like if he was just average and he doesn't, he seems to not have the weeks that Morikawa has where Morikawa will be like the third best putter in the field for a week and win the tournament. And Con- Connors just doesn't seem to have that. So I thought he was impressive. Uh, he wasn't to me as impressive as DJ just because of the path that he, that he kind of took to do it. Uh, even though he beat DJ, but I, I was, I think I, um, I think I walked away more excited about DJ's near future based on how he played this week than, than I am with, uh, with Connors. 
Well, it might be the immediate future for Corey Connors as he goes back to a place next week that he's won at the Valero Texas Open. His only victory. Maybe he just parlays this into some success there. But Dustin Johnson had himself a nice week as well, Greg. And it was a, a, a gauntlet path for him to make a run at this thing. And we're starting to see signs of life. Dustin Johnson, who's been kind of a big question mark for the last 12 months, starting to put more and more really good rounds together. And I, I checked my calendar. Uh, we are getting dangerous close uh to the masters yeah um it, which has me so excited and we talked about it a little bit last night as well the thing about dj that i saw this week was the um the that extra gear where you can just start going crazy and and make birdie after birdie after birdie i mean two matches they happen to be in a row against max homa and against uh richard bland where he makes seven birdies Poor Richard Bland just got the full DJ experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just went. He just he just boat raced him. And it was like and, Bland's got out like two up early and was like, "Oh, okay, this this might be going well." He's not that good. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I I saw that um, that upside from DJ this week, that firepower, that ability to start striping it at the flag uh, and striping it off the tee, and and it's a, it's just. The one thing right now with DJ is it's a little sloppy at times, which yeah. you get away with in match play. But there's some short misses, uh, some some short game shots that weren't great. It killed me to see him miss the the putt against Scheffler on 16 because that comeback was it was furious and it just it felt like such an exhale. I, I yeah. wish if they had that whole it went to 17 and and Scheffler made birdie that would have been fine. But to miss a four footer to basically end it was really disappointing, but it, I'm, I'm seeing with DJ extremely high upside. If he cleans it up a little bit, um, Scotty Scheffler may want to check the rear view mirror for DJ coming from, you know, what? 10th, 11th right now, right where he was at the start of the year. So it, it could flip fast. If DJ plays like this and cleans it up around the greens. Yeah, KP, DJ is, um, so I was looking this up, and this is something that you, and this we can kind of get into the Augusta stuff here in a second. Um, you have tweeted this out before where, like, the 90 days leading into the Masters has been full of guys that end up winning it. Like, if you're getting hot, mm -hmm. like, the 90 days leading into it or whatever it is leading up to it, and I was doing a little bit of early research, we've never had more guys who have gained like a stroke and a half per round in the 90 days leading up to it. So we just have so many guys playing well. And now you can throw Dustin Johnson into the mix. And a lot of times the winner of the green jacket uh, comes out of that group of guys who are playing well in the 90 days leading into it. Totally. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting because you think of guys, even like, like if I throw Rory's name out there, you're like, yeah, I don't know. He's playing fine, but I bet he's in that group. Like he played really well at the beginning of the year in uh, on the European tour, the DP, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so there, like, there's guys that you don't really, you haven't thought about very much because they haven't won or they haven't really been in the mix. Brooks Kepka has been playing; he's got th uh, three top 15s in his last five starts. I think uh, he's been hitting the ball well. So it's it's going to be just, I mean. Augusta is going to be awesome. It always is, but there, there, are, there's nobody that is. I mean, Scheffler, I guess you could say, is kind of out in front of everybody. But everybody else seems to be grouped in this like 
uh, playing well, but hasn't won like Rom, JT, Rory, uh, Kepka, D- like all these guys that are playing like pretty well, but are not like clear cut. This guy's definitely going to win Augusta, which never happens. But like, there's nobody that's like a clear cut favorite at this point. Yeah, Scheffler playing well helps the Cam Smith number. If you wanted that, guys already won twice this year, including the Players' Championship. Greg, uh, let's just jump right into this because the Fried Egg has uh, tweeted out that they've heard from multiple people in South Florida that Tiger Woods has been out walking medalists multiple <laughs> times this week. And Joey Lacava. We need a buffer here. Wayne. I, I can't just jump right into this. We have to. We must. We must jump right into it. Joey Lacava also in town. You are our resident medalist expert. Does this sound like anything Tiger Woods would be doing? Yes. Now, um, I don't have the same connections <laughs> that I used to have. Like, I, I don't, my, my uh, era is, has really left. But when, when I was there, Tiger was battling injuries and, and he made a comeback. There was one, I was there for three years and there was one point in time where he walked the golf course and he did it every day for like a week straight. And Joey was there caddying and it was right before his comeback. He was prepping, he was prepping for the walk and they would walk 18 holes. They did it for about a week straight. Um, And Joey was carrying the bag for him. And every other round he played in the, in the three years I was there, he was in a cart Um, and never, never walking. So if, if this is true and he does have Joey down there and they are walking, this is for a, a comeback. Well, I'll put it to you this way. It's not for the RBC heritage. They're not. They're not prepping for that. This is for the Masters. They're he, he's going to play. If this is true, he's going to play. It's. I, I can't believe it. I, remember, I cannot remember believe. Remember when it. he was moving his boat up the Atlantic uh, to play yeah. the RBC Heritage, and then and then he didn't. He just tricked you. He got you. Uh, I I just 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 tell me. Just somebody tell me. I don't want to do like ten more days of. You know, oh, his jet numbers were spotted in the <laughs> by the by the you know grounds crew or the what what do you call it the flight crew? Oh yeah, fl- yeah, yeah. At at uh, Augusta at the private Augusta airport. I don't I don't want any of that. Just get that away from me. I just want to know if he's playing. We're gonna have to find out soon, right? I mean, I guess he could. It, I guess yeah. literally wait until Thursday morning, right? Like if he if he shows up, he's he's obviously going to no, be. He, he won't do that. Great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, he will announce it. Um. Although I guess he like. No, he would. Hold, no, hold. This, this tournament's different than any other for, and just because of the way it's formatted, it's not like there's a a um uh an alternate list. Right. Right. If he drops out, he just doesn't play, and and the field's just one less. So there's not really that obligation where like, I kind of feel part of me feels like with Paul Casey this week, well, you, you know, you took, you took somebody's spot All right, Somebody else could have gotten in there and played. And I I know he has the right to try and he did try. He played two holes against Corey Connors, but there's something that doesn't seem right about it. You could at least make the argument where in this event that doesn't exist. You try if you want, or you withdraw if you want, there's no, there's no alternate list. So, I mean, this is going to happen until he hits his first tee shot on Thursday. We're not going to know because I I honestly, I don't think he knows. He's trying to be ready. He's making a push for it if these reports are true. Um, But the only thing we have is he hasn't withdrawn yet. 
So right. he, every day that goes, he hasn't withdrawn. He hasn't withdrawn. He hasn't withdrawn. He doesn't technically have to commit, Kyle. He can just not show up for his tea time on Thursday morning or whatever, but he doesn't have to commit. He's in the field until he tells us otherwise. So it's it's not like this Friday deadline before a lot of PGA tournaments. It's not that situation. He's in. He just has to tell us if he's out. (laughs) But I think what's interesting is... Well, I can't believe we're doing this again. I feel like we do this <laughs> every freaking year. Like, it, what what's going on with Tiger? Like, he's going to be there, right, for the Champions Dinner. Like, he, he's he's at a place where he's capable of, like, traveling and going. Like, it, he's not going to not be there for that. I, I think we'll know early in the week if, if he's playing or not. Like, I don't think it's going to be. Remember when, uh, uh, I think it was 2017, when DJ fell down the stairs or whatever happened. Yeah. And it was like literally Thursday morning. He goes to the, he like went to the first tee or you know, he went to the range. He was on the practice range. area. Yeah. And then he withdrew. I, it's not, it's not going to be that. Right. So, so let me just prepare everyone because th- this is, this is what's going to happen. Okay. So Greg, let's follow, let's game this out. Greg, I agree with you. If, if, if what we're hearing is true, he's walking medalist every day. So-and-so. He's obviously going to play a practice round at Augusta before he makes any decision, right? I mean, that that's the next logical Good point. step. So we are going to eventually hear Tiger played nine holes or Tiger played a practice round at Augusta National today. And I'm, I'm just warning everybody right now because we're going to be at a fever pitch when that news comes out. And that seems like very likely news that we get, whether he plays or not. And, and you're going to see him at the practice area. Yeah, you're going to see it, you know, and I really it, it, this feels real like the push is real. The The thing is, we're we're waiting to see if there's a setback or if he just at the last second says, I'm, I'm it's not ready. I can't make it. Um, I mean, what's what's the last what's the last OWGR event that he played? Um, was that the it was, it was the 2020 was Masters. A, I was going to say it was the Masters in 2020. Yeah, which was the November version. That's that's a long, right. long, long, long time. Great. Okay, so Kyle has this page up in front of him. Greg, you want to guess what Tiger Woods OWGR is right now? I didn't even look. I'll say eight twenty. What do you? Wow. Think? I was going to say like. I mean, I, now I feel like I'm going to be embarrassed. I was going to say 163. No, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, way down. Okay. Uh, he only has like eight events that are even counting at the moment. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You forget. I mean, you're talking about two years, um, nearly two years. So what? What? Um, 900? 917. Oh. 917. Yeah, so both of That's pretty- an unfair. That's I, led unfair. You, I led you to. You led me, yeah. I was miles off on that one. <laughs> um, gosh, I, 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 I don't think I still don't think he's gonna play. I just, <sighs> I mean, it, it, it's so, it sounds ridiculous. But when he was talking to Jim Nance at Riviera, he was like, he was talking about just needing to walk, and Augusta is not the place where you want to like figure out how to walk again, right? And not figure out how to walk. But, again. Like, but if there was a place that you'd be willing to try to figure out how to walk again, it would be Augusta National. 
That's the flip side of this, right? Like the, the okay. logical side says, oh, that's a hard walk. If he's already struggling going up and down hills, this is the worst place. But it's like, I, I wouldn't tr- I wouldn't try to pull off the unachievable for anywhere else but right here. Okay, so this has been my question, and I think uh, you're you're bringing it you're bringing up my question right now, which is as badly as we all want Tiger to play, even though it creates a lot more work for everybody. <laughs> uh, do you think Tiger is like desperate to play Augusta? Yeah, um, I I think so. Yes, I mean Kyle, think about what what he talked about. How it was the the little things that he really missed the contact on a, a spinning wedge shot or the sound of a bunker shot, the, the feel of a well-struck iron shot. I mean, these are all the things that us mortals dream about, right? Like our, our normal people think about when we start getting the itch to play the same things that he's thinking about, although the feels themselves might be a little bit different. <laughs> uh, it, you know, we're thinking of the same things and yeah, the, I, he's he's got to be di- just dying to compete. When, when they rolled him outside to lay on the grass, and he was laying there thinking about one thing, he was thinking about this. No, I I disagree. I think that I think that he was thinking about like it. It, it almost feels like he was thinking about those little things about laying on the grass, about the birds chirping. I mean, the the things that he said at the Hero World Challenge. And I almost, I it almost felt like in that moment, and I, and this is what I don't know if it's still true that Augusta had kind of like passed him by in his mind. Like he knew that he had already climbed. Like he's not going to win Augusta again. He knew that he had already climbed that mountain for the last time. He basically said as much. And so I just don't know that he's as desperate to play the Masters as everybody else is for him to play the Masters, or as everybody else thinks he is to play the Masters. Maybe he is. I don't know. And I'm really curious about that because I just I don't know that he I think 31 year old him would have been desperate, but I don't know that 46 or whatever he is, 45 year old him is as desperate as everybody thinks. I I, I just think this is the human na- the the nature of Tiger Woods. The nature of the beast here is a guy that's always desperate for competition, even when we think he has no reason to be. Right? We think okay, well. Tiger doesn't need to play ever again. He doesn't need to do anything, but he, but Tiger does need to, he, in a way he, he, he is. And I think that's why he played in the PNC father, son. That's why he was hitting balls on the range because it, there's a, a Charlie aspect to it. But he, I, I think he's a, a, um, a, a golf addict like the, like the rest of us. And when it's taken away from you, you, you realize it's not necessarily about all that you've accomplished and it's not necessarily just about the the trophy case or the record books but the love of the game but that maybe would be that's a, just me being that, a dream that would be a turn from like everything else he's ever done in his career right it would be hey i'm showing up because i want to com- i want to like be at the event not because i like what does he always say first question every tournament i'm, I'm here, here to win come. yeah and so that would be a shift right and and i'm not yeah I think you might be right. I think I think that we either are seeing or have seen or will see that shift from him of like, hey, I, I just want to be here. And maybe he still says, I think I can win, but uh, <laughs> you can't win the Masters after 18 months of not playing, you know. Um, 
It's a risky soundbite to put out there, Kyle. No, I, it's not. I'm only teasing. He was like, I had to tease up. I had to lead at Carnoustie. I had to win the Tour Championship until I could win the Masters. There's, there's no chance of that. But I, I, I do think, I think that would be an interesting like inflection point in his career where it's like, hey, I'm here because I'm a past champion because I just want to be here and I want to play with JT and I want to play practice rounds and whatever and not necessarily because I think I can win the golf tournament. It would almost be more in line with like, I've accomplished all I'm going to accomplish at the masters. I just want to be here and participate. It would almost yeah. be, it would almost be more in line with that. So it, it is fascinating. If you do think Tiger Woods can win this Caesar Sportsbook is hanging a 60 to one on him, which is let's see shorter than the guy who just finished third at the match play, Corey Connors, uh, shorter than Bubba Watson, Abe Anser, Webb Simpson, Sergio Garcia, Mark Leishman, to name a few. The favorites here, Greg, John Rahm, 9-1, to one, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Morikawa, along with Justin Thomas, are all 12-1, to one, and then you start to get into Rory and DJ and Cam Smith. I mean, Smith and Scotty Scheffler, 16-1, to one, two of the hottest golfers on the planet. It's just an absolute stacked field, and you're going to get some decent odds on that, that second tier of golfers. I, there are so many guys. You know, many of them are on the on the first page, the first tier. There are just so many guys who I love at at the Masters this year. I've had like probably three moments where I I'm l l doing unrelated research and I say, "Oh, this is a master. This this is the Masters winner. This guy just looks like a guy that's going to win the Masters. This is what it looks like in that ninety days." Kyle talks about all the time. Sergio Garcia, who you just mentioned, is coming to my mind. I mean, the, there there are countless players with who who you have to love. I mean, look at Sam Burns. Look at Sam, Sam Burns, Burns sitting there. I mean, that it's that is crazy. Come on. So it, it's, it's the gonna best be number so cool. on the best number on here is uh, Kepka eighteen. Yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks. He look. He seems happy to. I know that's kind of corny. But we talked about this, Greg, and we talked about it, Kyle, as well. Like during the his pressers or his interviews afterwards, he seemed like he looks healthy. He seems in high spirits. The game looks sharp. Kepka's very dangerous moving forward. Can you imagine? Very. Can you imagine the members when he puts on the green jacket with that blonde hair? <laughs> it was the first thing I said when he when he. I see he's going to have to be. He's going to have a shaved head at August at, at the Masters. They're going to be just like, what, what's half? Why are we doing just by this? Then, 10 more days. It'll be like even more. It'll be just like Austin Pippi <laughs> inch. Yeah. Out the top. Justin uh, Bieber just won the masters. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Zalatoris at 35. I mean, he, he won back of a playoff of Hideki last year. And you see him putt this week. I, oh, I did. Yes. Yes. He was my pick. I mean, you uh, said you said he couldn't you said he couldn't putt. <laughs> he was better this week. Uh, who else? Neiman at 45 is mildly interesting. Adam Kepka, Scott, does that do anything Kepka, for you? Nah, Kepka at 18. No. Uh, Burns at 40, Fitzpatrick at 50 are like my favorites. I mean, you could make a case for all of these guys, but I like the numbers that are attached to those names. I, I don't love the third T. I don't love the third column. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but I, I mean, even, even Xander, I'm telling you, I was so disappointed in him this week, but then I looked at, I, I looked at what happened and I mean, Tony Finau made nine birdies against him. And Xander, he, he played our, Played all right. I don't. I still don't like Fino. 
but I think Xander is playing better than people give him credit for. He steps up in, in majors and at least puts himself in contention. Could he break through? But I think you're, I think the Kepka numbers. Speaking of breaking through, and this is the hardest segue I ever have to make from master's odds to Corrales Punta Cana resort and club championship. (laughs) Chad Ramey breaks through for victory. In his 16th career tour start, KP, lots of uh, money, FedEx Cup points, and guys who were licking their chops uh, in the alternate field event. Ramey graduates from the Corn Ferry Tour last year. The kid out of Mississippi State gets the job done early in his PGA Tour career. How old is he? Hold uh, on. I, I got it right here. Do you want me to tell you? I'll, I have it. He's, he's 29. So that's 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 the only part of this I don't love is I think that – and I'm looking at his numbers from the t- from the PGA Tour from uh, I guess this is partly from this year, uh, and they're not very they're not great. And I I just like I think it'd be different if he was 22, right? And you're like, oh, he's won a couple of times on the Corn Ferry, get onto the PGA Tour, see what happens. But 29 is like four years older than Scheffler, or than five years older than Hovland. You know, guys that have already done a ton on the PGA Tour, but Still, I mean, it's great for him. It's a great win. Uh, who did he, who finished second? I didn't even see. Uh, Smalley, Alex Smalley. Yeah, Smalley okay. made a run uh, late in it. Ben Martin was up. Ben Martin was trying to go wire to wire. Uh, yeah, got like a seventy on on Sunday and and fell just short. But yeah, there was a couple guys up there. Vegas was in the mix for a while. So yeah, so yeah, it's a great win for him. I just don't know what it means for. Like, it doesn't really affect the 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 big boy tour moving forward. He's not really in the top thirty of many major categories. Greg, you look at kind of the way he does it. It's actually not really the modern. He's one hundred eighty sixth in driving distance. He's thirty fourth in accuracy. So he kind of does it in that way. And he he makes a bunch of birdies, but he kind of gives a lot of them back. It's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if what this kind of does for him, frees him up a bit, but um, I don't think anybody's necessarily, and I hope I'm wrong, pegging Chad Ramey as like, uh, you know, the next guy to break into the top 20 in the world rankings. I I don't think this is a floodgate situation the way it was for Scotty Scheffler. Um, But it, it, he gets his card for two years, gets into um, the um, century tournament of champions and it's a it's a big deal for him, and it um, it changes his life, no question about it. When you when you've been going through Corn Ferry Tour and mini tours, and when you're 29 and and you get your first win on the PGA Tour, you have been through um, some difficult years. So this this changes his life. I don't think it changes life on the PGA Tour, but um, but it, he has a has a job for the next two years now. That's a pretty good paying job if you play well. So it, it's really good news for Chad Ramey, no question. The floodgate situation finally happened with Scotty Scheffler, right? We talk about yes, that all yeah. the time. It never happens. Dude, never, never happens. happens. I can't even name another guy it happened to. It's just a dumb thing that we all say, and then it actually happened. <laughs> Gets it done. All right, speaking of getting it done, wow, I've got a one-and-done update that you, the fans, the listeners, are going to want to stay tuned for. I've got to go through our best bets, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back. I can be very quick on the best bets. 0 for 4. We stink. We each had a uh, group winner. I went with Hoagie. Greg went with Xander. Coach went with Homa. KP went with Lowry. We lost them all. Great. Cool. Unthinkable. Unthinkable. I mean, how does does Xander not get out of that group? Who came out of there? Takumi Takumi Kanaya. Xander wiped him the first round. Yikes. Lucas Herbert uh, missed a three foot seven inch putt or two foot seven inch putt in that playoff, and Kanaya came out of the group. Just Ouch. crazy. Ouch. I don't, I mean, I would love to stall, but this is so ugly. I have to move on to the one and done update, yeah. which is no, uh, I wish you would have stalled. I know. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, they've done it. They finally done it. The fans went with Scotty Scheffler. And they earned a massive whopping $2.1 million. They surpassed Kyle. They surpassed Sia. They surpassed myself and even Greg. And they now sit at $3.5 million fourth in our standings. KP, I'd argue that's a good outcome for you because you weren't the only one. Like now, like I'm behind them too. Yeah, it is a good outcome for me. It's better that that they're... (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue that any outcome here is good for me, but it's better that they're way ahead instead of being like right ahead of me and Sia or like between me and Sia. Correct. They're, I mean, let's not forget here. They're in the mix to win the thing. Now, this isn't like a race for the seller kind of deal anymore. This yeah. is, the, I mean, they have now all of, right sitting right now where they are. They have a great chance of winning. They haven't, they haven't used anybody. It's it's almost impossible to only have one point six million dollars at this point. That's that so crazy. bad. Like if you just pick the the top ranked player in the field every week, you would probably have way more than that. Yeah, but yeah, but you'd have no. You'd be. Well, done. I don't. I don't. But I don't have anybody left. That's what I'm saying. I've used Morikawa. Yeah, I've used Rom. I've used Russell Hobbins. Knox. I used Russell Knox. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Jacob, so we actually had, this was fun because uh, Jacob was on one side of the bracket with Kevin Kisner. The fans were on the other side of the bracket with Scotty Scheffler. So when they battled in the finals, that was an $800,000 swing. Jacob, come on in here. $1.3 million from Kiz. You ride the match play specialist and look at you cracking through the $5 million mark. And it was just, what, two weeks ago? that Mark had his $1.4 million lead. He was sniffing himself. He goes on vacation and it's down to less than 200,000 bucks. Look, you, you can't sleep on Kevin Kisner. 
Coach tried to do it on the Tuesday preview show. He was he balked at that pick. It was a bad week for Coach. Bad week from Paul Casey to his one and done pick. Uh, I was about to challenge him to a showdown, but my you know just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I should have been more confident in it. But I mean, Kisner is such a a specialist at this course in particular, like you guys were talking about earlier. That it, I was frankly shocked that I was the only one who didn't pick him in our league. Because you really, you really circle this week for Kisner. You circle what the RSM, and then Hilton Head. Like where, where else is he going to pop? Wyndham, maybe. Wyndham, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's got some places, but this is, I mean, the got to be the clear cut favorite. It, yeah. It's offensive that uh, Coach got forty one thousand from Paul Casey, who hit nine shots. And that's only $17,000 less than Sia got for Max Homa and Kyle got for Shane Lowry. Yeah. I mean, Max Homa took DJ, the full force of DJ to the 18th hole. Brutal. Uh, I had Alex Norton, 133,000. Greg, you had Sergio Garcia, 97,000. So the reason that the, 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 dollar amounts are different is, and I think they started doing this a couple of years ago. Uh, they now pay out on points. So earning two points and not making out of making it out of your group is worth way more than earning a half a point and not making it out of your group. Right. They, you go through the whole points and then you see it at like a leaderboard um, and, and pay it out that way. So that definitely, it makes sense because there's, you, you, you get clipped in the group stage. It shouldn't be a, you know, everybody, everybody shouldn't fit, have the same finishing position. So I, I like the way they seed that. And then Mark at the top went with Xander Shoffley, 58,000. So, it, so it's tight. So here we go. Mark at 5.2, Jacob at 5 million, Coach at 4 million, the fans at 3.58, Greg at 3.55. I'm at 3.3, Sia Najad, $2 million, Kyle Porter, $1.6 million. And we've got Valero and then another $2 million bucks up top of the Masters. I might take uh, <clears throat> Bernard Longer for the Masters. <laughs> just to mix it up. Nobody else will take him. That's uh, Hey, I've got a great lone wolf. While you guys were talking, I was reading Scheffler's press conference transcript and I got a great quote from here. Do you want it now or do you want to wait? No, let's do it now. now. Yeah. Okay. So he said, there's a picture of him and his wife, his, I guess it was his girlfriend at the time is now wife in 2016 at the match play. I think the PGA tour tweeted it out. But he said, yeah, we were pretty fortunate to get some... He got asked about it. We were fortunate to get some tickets and come out here and watch, which is hilarious for somebody that won it, that is now the winner of the event. The tickets were pretty hard to come by, so we were pretty fortunate just to come out here. Uh, We used to park at one of my buddies. He lived across the bridge, maybe a a half mile up. So we used to park at his house and then walk down. There was no parking. He said, I would always try to watch somebody. So I remember watching Rory hit balls on the range. And I remember hearing the noise that his club head hitting the ball made and being like taken aback. Like, wow, that was really hit. That was hit really solidly. I just remember watching and kind of studying those guys and seeing what I could learn because there's so many talented guys out here and there's so much I can learn from them that any tidbit I could pick up was going to be beneficial. I thought that was cool. It's very, it's very relatable. Yeah. And now there's a a group of people. I want to go see, watch Scotty Scheffler hit it. And they're saying, wow, that was hit solidly. I saw, I saw this question in the comments earlier. Does his back foot movement, uh, does that give you anxiety, Greg? No, no, not at all. It's the, this is, um, this isn't random. And when you have a coach like Randy Smith, who he, who coaches him, 
this this isn't random. This is something that the elite coaches in the game have studied. Uh, they know how to optimize it. They know how to use it. And it's one of the biggest change. Foot, the footwork in the in the game is one of the biggest changes through um, instruction in, in the instruction world. And it's something that has been a major factor in the clubhead speed increases that we've seen as well. They they understand how the feet really should work for individuals. And Scotty's are it's phenomenal. It's not a flaw. That was uh, our very own Joe Musso who asked that hat tip Joe Musso in the chat. The Moose. Yes, that's right. Uh, cool. Anything else, gents, before we get out of here, or should I declare it a Valero Texas Open week? Yeah, it's Charlie Hoffman week. There you go. Yeah, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, Scotty already withdrew. Spieth is there. Bryson getting some final reps in. Why did the- Scotty withdraw? Was it the 122 holes he played this week? <laughs> yeah, and the 2.1 mil, probably cool for a while. Yeah, let's go into Augusta with that. All good. Sungjae would have played. That's for sure. Uh, all right, gents, that'll do it. Big thanks to producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD and Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 